the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Briefcast, 58 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. That's when I come to you guys solo without my special teams unit. And I know I say this all the time. And if just your first time, then you, uh, you get to understand that there is a, uh, a whole gang of us, uh, the special teams unit that usually joins me or used to usually join me. Hadn't happened in quite a while, but I'd come to you on a solo tip and I usually include a guest when I do so. Don't know how you found us, but I am so glad that you have and I think very very soon we will be on iHeartRadio as well so we are already on KTSURadio.com we're on I, what, Apple Podcasts on Spotify Stitcher SoundCloud TuneIn wherever you get your Google Play wherever you get your podcast we are there so you can subscribe like comment we need those comments we need those likes and also I want to remind you of a couple things before we get started because we have a good show this time out and going to be joined to talk some basketball with former professional basketball player, former NBA player, Daniel Ewing. He uh, was on the show not so long ago, and I think that he, along with Terrence Harris and, of course, Eddie and a few others, are going to work themselves into a regular rotation where we can kind of come to you guys more frequently and get different perspectives from different guys. So we'll try to work on something like that. But this time out, uh, we are going to do a couple of things. But let me tell you first. WadesWordProductions.com. You have to go to the website. WadesWordProductions.com is where you want to go to get everything you need to know about uh, Sports Talk with Devin Wade, about the Friday Express that is on KTSU each and every Friday, on some literary things and some stage stuff that we may have coming up, and even more things that I want to incorporate as well. Sort of a renaissance website of all th- maybe it's too self-indulgent we can talk about that later that's something i'll uh, get a therapist for and i will work it out with my therapist how about that but nonetheless go there subscribe to the email list so you can get emails from us so we can tell you what's going on when it's going on where it's going on how it's going on and what you missed so you don't miss it again so you can share with your friends when you get those emails also forward them to folks and uh, tell them about us. And we certainly appreciate it because we know you have because the numbers tell us so. The numbers tell us that you have been through word of mouth sharing the podcast with people. So we certainly appreciate that. We appreciate the love. So with this uh, this time out, we're going to do uh, some headlines. Then we're going to get into some We the People. And then we're going to take a time out. On the other side, we are going to get into some brand new. What's brand new with me? Then we'll get into a conversation with Daniel Ewing. And we'll talk some NBA basketball and a whole lot more. Did I mention? We the people. We the people. I'm going to hear from you guys. Did I say that? I don't know if I said that. You know, we the people. Have some phone calls. Reminder, you can call us 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. 24 hours a day. Leave your take. It makes it a whole lot of fun when we are interactive. You guys talk about things and have perspectives that I don't have. And other people may share your opinions or disagree with your opinions, but they want to hear from you guys, and we want to hear from you. So if you've never called... 
feel free. Don't be afraid. 832-941-6614. Leave a message. I'll edit it. I'll clean it up. If you cuss or not cuss, but I don't want you to cuss. But if you have an error or something in there, you make a mistake, we'll clean it up for you so you'll sound you'll sound good. I won't take anything out of context, but we'll just clean it up. So don't worry about it. Just we want your take your comments, 832-941-6614. But we'll have our conversation with Daniel Ewing. We have a Lamont Award. And we uh before we let go, we have a message for you guys as well. So with that, going to get into some headlines. Before I get into headlines, uh, I you know, I cannot believe that I said we the people twice. Other than the fact that I am a notoriously poor note taker. So now if I forget something, now, I mean, I used to be sharp and on it and on it, and I'm not as sharp all the time. I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm not losing a lot, but just, what did I just say? Oh, 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 I just said that because I don't, I don't have my notes in front of me. I sort of, I map it out. I, I actually write out some notes, uh, but I don't really follow notes. So I just kind of go off the top of the dome, and uh, that's, that's what we do here. Uh, and that's why we never know which direction we're going. I'm trying to do better. Trying to do better, and thank you guys so much for bearing with me but in headlines the astros uh, that continues to go on and i will get into that but a couple of things xfl uh, is continued has continued week two uh the houston roughnecks are doing well uh, give me your take on that do you like it have you checked it out yet do you like i've talked about it last time out do you like it 832-941-6614. Want to get your take on that. NBA just about underway for the second, not necessarily the second half of the season, but post all-star break we are getting geared up and everybody's gonna start to take basketball a lot more serious it's that time so we really need to start to pay attention and i, I guarantee you we will uh, although here in houston uh, there's a i don't know if there's a lot of optimism a lot of pessimism i think as it pertains to uh, the rockets and this new small ball that they like to play but before we do get into the second half of the nba season what your take what's your take on nba all-star weekend all-star weekend was that did you like that i mean i thought aaron aaron gordon got robbed in the slam dunk contest i skipped over a lot of the other stuff the celebrity game the the skills competition i just didn't uh, i don't know what to say about that just not it's just not my thing i i did like i said i chimed in i didn't even see the three-point contest i checked in on the the slam dunk contest and i watched the the pregame stuff got to be a little bit much for me because uh, I know that the Kobe Bryant tributes were going to continue. And keep in mind, there's still the huge memorial that's coming up. But I just knew what it was going to be. And I just, I don't know, maybe because I'm getting older, I just, uh And I already never watched the game anyway. But I did want to check in on the new format. And when I finally figured it out, it's like they were you know, doing it with calculus or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what, what they were doing uh, with the – and if they, they add the three scores and the score and they add the 24 and you're minus five. But whatever it is, we finally figured it out. It, it's not that complicated, but it's just you can add, add the three totals, total of the three quarters, and then you add 24 to that, and that will be your final score. So both teams would have gotten to the lead team's – uh, top or well, the lead three. See, there we go. So that this this is all you need to say uh, about what that was. But I will say this: a very competitive fourth quarter, and that's ultimately all. Really, all fans really want to see 
are the best players going up against the best players. And when you sit, I mean, maybe you go back to your child and you think about what was it like to uh, to get your favorite football players or your favorite football cards, and you say, I'm going to put all these guys on one team against whatever team you know you put, a, put together, and these guys are going to clash and do battle. And that's really all fans really want to see. They want to see intense competition, and we saw a little bit of that, a lot more of that in the All-Star game than we've seen in many, many years. So whatever they can continue to do to stimulate that and make it competitive, where we can see the best against the best team for team, now we have to figure out are we going to have team captains keep picking? We have to have some rhyme or reason. I like East-West, but I I guess people don't like that. But I I like East-West. That's for the NBA to figure out. After all, it's only an exhibition. That's why I'm not so, so upset about Aaron Gordon being robbed. But he was robbed. And it's getting to the point where the NBA needs to take that thing serious because so many people were upset. In Twitterverse, everybody was upset about this. And you had celebrities and other basketball players and other athletes really upset about this because the kid got robbed. So you need to come up with some sort of way to do it and take it serious, whether it's having different judges, not celebrity judges, because you don't want to put the pressure on Candace Parker and Dwayne Wade. You Maybe you want to get some real judges in there, maybe some coaches or some GMs or something, and really – you know, although they may accuse them of tampering. So, I don't know. We'll have to figure something out. That's up to the NBA. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury fight this weekend. I'm going to effort to try to get something, somebody on to talk some boxing. Now, as much as I love boxing, and I love boxing about as much as anybody you will hear on local media and many other places. I love boxing. Not MMA. Don't like MMA. But I'm a boxing guy, a sweet science. As excited and how much, well, as enthusiastic as I am about the sport of boxing and, and how ex- as exciting as I, it gets to be around a big fight, I'm just not feeling this. This is like pretend world. It's worse now because you can go to YouTube and watch all of these fights over and over again. So you can go back and watch, uh, go back and watch uh, Ken Norton, Larry Holmes. Go back and watch Sugar Ray Her- Hearns, one. Go back and watch Hagler Leonard or Hagler Hearns. I mean, go back and watch some of the big heavyweight fights. Go look at uh, anybody out of fault because those were some brawls. I mean, I'm talking about after he came back when he was getting hit. Go back and watch Joe Frazier. And then you compare this product to that product. Now, again, these guys are ginormous because they're so big. And, and I mean, it's almost like a super heavyweight class as opposed to the old school uh, heavyweights. I mean, think about this. Uh, Holyfield fought at 208. These guys will be 260, 270 in the ring. I don't know what, I don't know how high the weights will get for these guys. They, they're huge. And I tell you what, in name only, this sounds like like the best fight ever. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. It sounds great, but then you see the product, you're like, eh. So I want to get excited about it, but boxing just ain't what it used to be. And I just, I miss it so. But nonetheless, I still will will talk about it for those of you who like uh, to talk about boxing. So that's coming up this weekend. So we may talk, may have another podcast before or in the post fight, we may have somebody to talk some boxing. So with that, want to get into the Astros. This Astros thing, I know people are getting sick of it. But now we've been through the storm because the opening of training camp 
and it just keeps getting worse. And there are a lot of reasons why. Let me start again by saying I have never advocated for the Astros to cheat. I've never advocated for them to do what they've done. That being said, we have to put this in perspective. There's some things out there that are being said that we just cannot pay attention to. In 2018, 2019, they did not cheat. So let's get that out of the way. On the road, they did not cheat. They could not cheat. So that let's get that out of the way. And some of the stuff that's been coming our way, and I say our because it's my town. It's not my team, but my town. I, and I feel very defensive. And, and let me say this. I think overall this has been really good for baseball because when is the last time we talked about – I mean, I'm talking about – Maybe you have some baseball heads that really get into a hot stove. (laughs) I've even forgotten hot stove baseball. But when's the last time you've heard people really talk this much about baseball where it's the lead story? It leads every day on your sports shows and on SportsCenter. I mean, that's what's happening now. That's exactly what's going on now. And so overall, I think it's good for baseball. People will be tuned in to hate on the Astros. But let me say this. If you want to know why it continues to be bad, it continues to be bad because I will say the commissioner mishandled this in ways that people are not talking about. People are not talking about the ways he mishandled this. When you look at the scandals, the big major scandals that have happened to the NBA and to the NFL, they handle these things with so much more discretion. Now, what I think Rob Manfred's first problem was, was he made such a huge deal. He drew this ginormous line in the sand. This is what's going to happen if you do this. Keep in mind, there has been cheating in baseball since the beginning of time. There's been sign stealing since the beginning of time, and it's not even illegal. It's just that technology got ahead of their ability to monitor that. And they don't want to lose control of the game to, I mean, they're already losing, uh, old school baseball folks are losing it to analytics. But you don't want to lose it to technology. And so he did draw a line of saying, I think he could have done it in a more subdued way, but he went hard in the paint. And he should have known that if I pull one piece of string, I can open up a Pandora's box. And he did. And it's not over yet. Now, the Astros are the sacrificial lamb. But we've seen that the Yankees have been implicated. The Red Sox, I don't know. To what degree you want to believe is rumor or truth, we'll find out. Or maybe we won't find out. And they'll just let the Astros hang out there. But he drove this big line and said, think about this. The biggest scandal ever to hit the NBA, in my opinion, was when you had uh, Tim Donaghy, the referee who cheated. And then they came back and said, well, he was just one bad apple. He was betting on games. He was calling the game to influence the spread. It's almost like people forgot that that happened. And it influenced in a playoff series. But they acted like this was just a, this one bad guy. They didn't talk a lot about it. Although the story's out there, the league never really addressed the fact that this guy was on the phone with other referees constantly right before games. I mean, there are other things around it that got swept totally under the rug. Now, what did David Stern say? I think he said to himself, I can make this stand and be self-righteous, or I can kind of minimize this because we don't want to open up a Pandora's box and have to replace 25 referees around the league and people have people thinking that the entire league was rigged for these gambling referees. 
for the good of the game, he swept that under the rug. If you think about it, Goodell got over his skis a little bit with Deflategate. But some of these other things, they don't go that hard in the paint. And, and Because, again, everybody knows that if the Patriots have not cheated, and we think we know that they have, but that they are right there on the line, and nobody has given them the blues. But what he's done, and he continues to do, Rob Manfred, he cannot handle this situation right. What he should have done is dialed this way, way back from the beginning, not once the investigation started. It should have been a cursory kind of, okay, yeah, you cheated, we got you. But you go and do this in-depth report thinking that you're going to clean the sport up. What you've done is made yourself look ridiculous. You've minimized the value of a World Series championship, you, the commissioner, by saying some of the things and doing some of the things that you've done. Now you want to blame the players union for not suspending guys. So you've done a lot. You've messed up a lot by your lack of discretion. You could have been much more general. You should have handed out your little suspensions and cleaned up the game. But you wanted to make an example, and you did. But understand this, the other shoe is going to drop. Now, the question is, is the commissioner now going to try to sweep everybody else's transgressions uh, under the rug and just let the Astros hang out there? Are you going to keep that same energy for the Yankees and the Red Sox? Because I keep hearing, when are we going to hit a report on Boston? Cora's gone. Beltran is out of baseball, who was with the Mets, but he was with the Yankees and the Astros. He, he was in the middle of all of that. Three managers gone and the GM gone. And we've not heard anything about Boston yet? Why are you dragging that out? How good can that be for baseball? Manfred has handled this the wrong way, and he took something – He's made so such a big deal out of this that it, it really feels like the integrity of the game has been tampered with more than it really has in comparison to what happened in the NBA. It, it really has. And the other thing I keep telling you guys, the reason why everybody's upset, look at the markets that we've offended. We've offended New York, the number one media market in the entire world, and Los Angeles. Those are the two markets that have that we beat on the way. We, and I say we, you mean, I know, I mean the Astros. And that's a pet peeve of mine, saying we. But the Astros beat the Yankees, the Red Sox, which, again, they're only quiet because they know their day is coming. Yankees' day is coming, too. Think about this. We heard Jack McDowell say that Tony La Russa has been doing this since 88. Oh, I think that was what he said back in the 80s. Did you hear Joe Girardi? Uh, that's posted on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page. Here's a little video that MLB is taking down. The MLB network is taking down. Where he slipped up and almost admitted to the Yankees doing something very similar to what the Astros did when he was the manager. So this, again, I'm not justifying what the Astros did. But let's not. And there's been steroids since the end of time, you know, since the beginning of time. And everybody says, well, that's just uh, every team had a guy. So is that supposed to make me feel better if I lose the World Series? Because their guy juiced a little bit more than my guy? No, man. Come on. And the other thing, the bad situation for the Astros, all of this is coming out. And no major stories in sports to derail. Now, had Tom Brady signed with somebody else this week, then Astros were off the hook. NBA, you have a whole week without the NBA. 
other than All Star Weekend, and so you have no headlines to replace it. Tiger's not doing much. Tiger Woods, the fight is coming up, but who cares? That's a that's a sort of a a niche situation. So there's nothing to derail this story, and it, it will continue. And then the players are not helping. And I man, I love Dusty Baker. I love Carlos Correa. And they said, well, he should shut up. But you know what? He kept it real. Say, hey, man, look, you, you want to say what you want to say? Talking about Cody Bellinger? Well, guess what? Shut the F up. Because if you don't know what's going on, stop just running your mouth. So they're going. I'm telling you, we need to get the goon squad. Alba Bell, come out of retirement. Name your price. Give, I'll give you a blank check. And the first time somebody throws at the Astros, go do what you do. Get us a bunch of goons. Get some people that are ready to throw hands. Carlos Correa is about that. Dusty Baker's about that. Nick Marquez says, oh, everybody on that team needs a beating. Be careful. Be careful what you say. Because if you want that life, where's Odor uh, from the Rangers? We need him. Let's sign him. You know, hey, let's get him in the clubhouse. But I think he said, well, you want to – we need a beating? Okay. All right, well, you, you – you in charge of that. Marquecas, you be the first one. You come get some of this smoke. And I think that's the attitude this team is going to have to have. Because people are speculating, oh, man, this is going to ruin their psyche. Man, a month into the season, the baseball season will be going on. Now, this is a story that will follow them from city to city. But if Houston shows the love for this team, they'll be okay. If Houston represents, they'll be okay. But, again, it's really important that this team get come out and get out to a great start. When you think about it, we can do this. The team can do this. And I keep saying we. and Because it feels like, you know, as a Houstonian, I, I, we've been through so much as sports fans. And I've been detached because I'm in the media primarily, honestly. I've been in the media. I've been covering it. And you behind the scenes, you see things in ways that you don't see, that regular fans don't see. You get to know players. You get to know here situations. You get to know what's going on. And you get to see how it works behind the scenes. And I've been doing this 25 years or whatever, longer than that. So I think that's part of it, being in it. But the other part of it is, you know, you get older, things change. You don't like the way the organization moves. But that civic pride, in a weird way, has come back to me in a way that it hadn't in a long, long time because so many people are going at the Astros in such a rough way. It has brought me back into the fold in a way that I haven't been in a long, long time. So I apologize for saying we, because it's not we, it's them. It's the Astros. But I am all for them throwing hands and handling their business. Uh, if you want to throw at me, I'm going to throw at you, and we can make it whatever you want it to be. Whatever you and uh, you know, whatever you think you want it to be, let's do that. If you can't get over, if you're just that disturbed by it, then I guess we just have to handle it how we have to handle it. Now, the commission has warned other baseball teams not to do that. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I don't think that that will end well. I don't think they're going to listen to him right now. It may cost him his job. And the momentum is building for them to strip the Astros of the title. For what? To give it to who? Who are you going to give it to? Cleveland, the first team they beat? Are you going to give it to Boston? Are you going to give it to the Yankees? Are you going to give it to the Dodgers? If you give it to the Dodgers, Yankees like, what? You know, or are you just going to vacate it? Come on, man. Not the tradition of baseball. We got it. The Astros won in 2017. You can put an asterisk by it if you want to. But the reality is we don't know to what extent cheating helped. We know cheating helped because if, if it didn't help, you wouldn't do it, even if psychologically. 
But I believe that this team did most of their heavy lifting on the road in situations that didn't require a trash can. Game seven on the road in L.A. So just keep this in perspective. And uh, this too shall pass as soon as we get some other headlines in the world of sports. So with that, I want to hear what you guys have to say. 832-941-6614. Let's go to a segment that we call We the People. In the We the People segment, I normally ask you guys questions, but we want to increasingly take phone calls, and I want to start by taking a call that I did not take uh, a while back, and it was about uh, Kobe Bryant. We didn't have a chance to get that on a previous podcast. Nate called in with this. Let's get Nate's take on Kobe Bryant. What's going on, Devin Wade? It's your boy Nate Jones calling to chime in on a few things. First, I want to start with, my condolences to Kobe Bryant, his family, his daughter who passed away. I want to send my condolences out to, to the rest of his family, his wife, his other three daughters, parents, brothers, sisters, cousins, and all those friends and associates that he came across in his uh, lifetime. I want to send my condolences out to his friends and basketball compadres and the entire basketball and world community that was affected by his death. I was born in 1982 when people asked me about the best players I've ever seen play the game of basketball. I start with the first two that I grew up on watching on a consistent basis that I admired and appreciated their contribution to the game. First one is Michael Jordan. Second one is Akeem Olajuwon. I was able to see both of those individuals in their primes in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, on into the mid-90s and late 90s. The third player that comes to mind is Kobe Bryant. I was able to see him from his beginnings in the NBA in 1996 on throughout his entire career. One thing I always admired about Kobe was his competitiveness, his skill, and his ability to get better every single year. I believe he improved literally every single year of his career up until, you know, the end of his prime, which I'd say was arguably... I'd say 2011. And even after that, he improved in ways that didn't necessarily involve skill. He improved, in my opinion, as a as a teammate after that. But even before that, I mean, just an amazing player to watch. Kobe Bryant, like I said, he, he meant, in terms of me watching basketball, he was the one player I tuned in to, to watch after MJ and Akeem. Both of their careers ended. I appreciated what he brought to the game. I can't even put in words all the things that, that he was able to do on and off the basketball court, but specifically on the basketball court. I mean, it's it's, all, it's been said by so many. Once again, everybody that's uh, processing Kobe's death and the death of eight others that uh, died on the helicopter, my condolences go out to those families as well. So, peace. Thanks so much, Nate, for checking in. And, you know, it speaks to how profound, and he'd actually left that, and we weren't able to get it on a previous podcast, but it speaks to how profoundly uh, his death has affected people. Kobe, uh, and it's hard to put it in perspective. I mean, this is huge, and yet I 
am not as emotionally attached as a fan of Kobe per se. I think obviously the tragedy is just so, so sad with his daughter and the others who were on that helicopter who just, it just seemed so senseless and it's so desperately sad. And I think historically, man, it will be, uh, it will resonate for a long, long time. Uh, but I certainly appreciate him chiming in on that. Let's see what we have up next. Good morning, Devin. This is Dave Osby Shepherd. I was just calling to speak on the Astros, and, and I'm just thinking it is not good. You got players around the league talking about how certain players' careers could have been ruined because, say, a minor league pitcher might have been bought up, went out to pitch during the season when, you know, they were cheating, and he might have got racked. And so it's just a bad look. And then uh, you're hearing players from around the league just, you know, pretty much trashing them. So my thought is, if the Astros don't win this year, you might very well start to see veteran players who've done a great job here in this town start to get shipped out. Because I just can't see the ownership keeping the same nucleus of players with that stain on the organization. So that's just my thought. You know, uh, you guys can, you know, look at it how you want. Of course, everyone here in Houston loves Astros, but around the league, this season's going to be pretty tough. That's my comment for today. I think uh, Dave is right on when he talks about the anger around the league and how this potentially could fall apart. But, and I'm just spitballing here, I'm just sort of uh, running through this. What if they are winning again? What if they are successful? The other part of that is how much blame really does come from the top down. If these guys were victims, they may want to leave. They may want to get out of here and, and get away from the stain. But if they continue to win cleanly, because they'll be under more scrutiny than any team in the history of baseball. So whatever they do, and again, this has been since 2018 they've been clean. 2019, clean. I don't care what the rumors say. I don't care how you look at and try to break down video because Altuve won't take his shirt off. Whatever. You can do whatever you want to do with that. And I've seen a montage of him keeping his shirt on in game-winning walk-off situations. So that's not the first time he's done that. So let's not – we can't get caught up in Twitter and rumors on a lot of these things. But I think that this team can come together. It, like I think Dave is right. It could fall off the rails or, conversely, it could bring these guys tighter together. And if they – it all – all sort of hinges on how much success they have this year on the field. I believe this is a 90-win team. I think Garrett Cole leaving it, it is a big deal. We don't know what Colin McHugh is going to give him uh, as a as a third starter for this team. But you still have Zach Granke. You still have Justin Verlander. You have pieces here. You have just about your whole team coming back, uh, with the exception of Garrett Cole and a couple other fringe guys. So, and, and then you have another. You have a full year with Jordan Alvarez. So let's see how they come together. Michael Brantley wasn't a part of that. He's here. So they have a quality team, and I think that can and could possibly keep this team tighter than ever. Let's go and see what's up next. Hey, what's up, Devin? This is EL. Man, I'm just calling a comment about the Astros. I mean, to be honest, I'm tired of dealing with it, just like you. I mean, I know you've mentioned it many times on your show. But, you know, if people want to keep bringing it up, I know Dave mentioned it last time on your show. Um, then I'm, you know, I'm just going to have to keep defending them. Because first of all, like you said, I've never heard people down the Patriots as much as they've down the Astros in the last couple of weeks, man. 
And the Patriots did it twice. Well, matter of fact, three times, but Spygate, the same thing was done twice. And the second time, no punishment. You don't really hear the outcry you hear against the Astros. And for the reasons you mentioned, I, I get why it's happening, but that still doesn't make it right. And uh, my second point is, so LeBron tweeted about the Astros the other day. And, uh, you, know, we're, you know, LeBron wants to talk. He is the greatest, one of the greatest in his sport of all time. So I get that. But I also have the right to say that I disagree with him. And the reason I do is, if you compare basketball to baseball, I really sat and thought about this for a minute, how a basketball player could cheat. And honestly, I really couldn't come up with a good way just because how the sport is set up. But if you want to talk about a way to cheapen the game or give one team unfair advantage, the best way to do it would be to put together a super team with three superstars that most teams just wouldn't have a chance at beating. And guess what? LeBron won two championships that way. I mean, you could even say three, but, you know, I'll give him credit for beating Golden State. Uh, even though they came back and did what he did better. But, you know, LeBron's won with super teams, and to me that's even more of an unfair advantage than whatever you want to say the Astros did, and we're comparing apples to apples. And so, yeah, man, I, I think uh, people just need to leave the Astros alone. And, you know, just, you know, just because you don't want to consider that cheating because it's legal, it still decreased the integrity of the game and – yeah, what the Astros did was wrong, but guess what? They still won, and, you know, we, we don't live in a world of ifs and what-ifs and that. We live in a world where what happens happens, and the fact of the matter is they won the championship, man. Thanks, E.L. Always enjoy taking your phone calls. You know what? He echoed something that I talked about on Twitter when LeBron came out with his comments. And I'll take it a step further when you talk about LeBron. Yeah, it may not have – you, and there are ways to cheat in basketball. You see superstars get calls all the time, whether it's uh, that extra step or that non-call or that non-foul call. So, no, they are things that manipulate the game. But what LeBron needs to worry about – and I said this on Twitter – before you come in – stay in your lane. Before you come in on – Houston Astros think about this you tampered with the New Orleans Pelicans your team I'm not seeing the Lakers and no matter I mean whatever happens behind the scenes we don't know but what I'm talking about Rich Paul and your people tampering with Anthony Davis and New Orleans Pelicans so much so that this guy stopped playing he was healthy he was a healthy scratch he refused to play you forced this team to trade for Anthony Davis you for forced the Pelicans to give up on Anthony Davis because he just he wasn't going to play he wanted out you manhandled that organization and just so lucky for them that they landed uh, Zion Williamson had they not you would have ru you ruined this season you got the GM fired you forced them into a position, and, and, and maybe not you per se, but come on. Rich Paul, your guy, Anthony Davis, your guy on with your same agent under your umbrella. Come on, man. So before, and, and then not only the, the super teams that you created going on yacht trips, but I know the NBA can't legislate uh, fraternization with other players. And now teams can't comment, and that's tampering. But how how is it that a player can go and have conversations? We saw it with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. How can these guys just do this? I mean, you can't stop them. So there's no 
ramifications facing these guys for doing it. But at the same time, it's not, it's certainly not ethical and it's not in the spirit of competitiveness or fair competitiveness. And so, yeah, LeBron, stay in your lane. Let's see what's next. Hey, Devin Wade, this is Ray Miller just calling about the um, Astros baseball scandal. I just, when I first heard about the news, I was just, I don't know if I was hurt or more just like they were just out to get us. They being, you know, just the haters and the naysayers that the Astros baseball organization has received over the last four or five years. But uh, just the more reports that that have come out and I've read, and I'm, you know, just tried to educate myself as much as I can from both sides. It's just, it's an unfortunate event that that the Astros did take place in. They brought they brought all this media into, you know, the organization. And when you do that. You know, you un- you let people uncover things that should have never even happened in the first place. Going back to 2017, that ball club was was put together very well, and it was just an unbelievable group of talent, an unbelievable group of of guys that just came together as one and really brought the team, the city, and just the Astros organization to just a whole other level. And then to hear about you know some primitive measures of of banging on trash cans is just, yeah, just we didn't need to do that. I don't think any baseball organization needs to do that. But when you when you allow technology to to infiltrate the dugout like it has the last several years, I mean, it seems to me like it was only a matter of time before somebody came up with a plan to beat the system. I mean, that's just I guess that's just how it how it happens. I'm not defending the Astros by any means. I'm not defending any organization that has been caught cheating or any individual player that's been caught cheating. It's just the more you give, I guess, the, the more you take. I guess that's just a, a mentality that I don't want to say these young people because, you know, a lot of them happen to be my same age. So, But that's my take on, on what has happened. I, I think it's extremely unfortunate for the city, you know, that, that that world championship is tainted to the extent that, a lot of people think that we had to cheat to win. want to thank my guy Ray Miller for checking in. And I know what, he is a Astros fan through and through. I'm talking about, uh, what, 162. He's he's in, he's in the mix every day for the Astros. And I think that's the prevalent emotion. I think that will happen over time with Astros fans. How, you know, we didn't have to do this to win. This was a good team without this. We didn't need this taint. Uh, but I think right now everybody is so fierce in defense defending well at least i am and and a lot of astros fans are so fierce in defending their team their city it uh, for a lot of people it's personal they take it deeply personal uh, that hey you're not gonna attack our guys these are our guys but i think as uh, sort of the the ferocity of the attacks dies down i think people uh, when they have an opportunity to reflect will think uh, like uh, ray does i think that it's just as you know it does it is a taint well and i'll defend them to the extent of I'm not going to defend their their actions. They were wrong, but I'm going to uh, defend the level of attack and the level of criminalization. When you look at the grand scheme of things in twenty in baseball in 2017, let's see what's next. Hey, Devin, this is Elwin Henderson. After your uh, Facebook comments asking me to go ahead and call in, you can handle it. Okay. You know I never shy away from my thoughts on anything. So, living up in East Texas, here are my thoughts. I personally think the Astros should be stripped of that World Series title. 
I don't think anybody should be rewarded for cheating. And I know this is going to be very unpopular with a lot of my Houston friends. But again, you wanted my opinion, said you could take it, and I know you can, and I hope the rest of my Houston fans can, friends can. Uh, but I think they should be not only stripped of the title, I think like the high school penalty the UIL puts in place, I think they should be barred from the playoffs regardless of what their record is this season. I just don't think it's a good message to send to anyone, and I am nowhere close to an ultra-conservative person but I just don't think it's a good thing to send out the word, it's okay to cheat, we'll slap you on the wrist, and you get away with it. It just goes against everything that I ever grew up with. So there's my two cents worth, Devin. Have a great Friday and a super weekend. Want to thank Elwin for checking in, and he was alluding to comments. So a lot of you guys will comment on Facebook, and I'll say, "Hey, call in. We want to hear from you." And I do read comments from time to time, and if time would have permitted, this time I would have read some of your comments. Uh, I like to do that too. But more importantly, like if you guys comment, a lot of times I'll reach out to you on Facebook and say, "Well, hey, you commented, but please give us a call so we can hear from you and hear what your take is." Let me say this: I disagree with Elwin on this one because if we want to get into the stripping game for cheating and, and and i don't think in any way that this is an endorsement for cheating or a slight uh, slap on the wrist jeff luno may never be in baseball again beltran probably won't be in baseball again alex cora may not be in baseball again aj hinch may not be in baseball ever again it's ruined their careers it's put a scarlet letter on the houston astros so that's not saying it's okay to cheat so I don't think that baseball sent that message. I don't think there's a way to make people feel better because you can't reverse time. And if you are a Yankee fan or a Red Sox fan or certainly a Dodgers fan, you feel like, oh, wow, we just – but you, what's the remedy for that? And the other part of that is cheating. It's not – you can't prove how much this cheating – influenced the game did it influence yes did it make how big of an impact was it on the ultimate outcome that's debatable you again you talk about how many players did the dodgers leave on base let's talk about the batting average the pitches had no the astros pitches had no advantage okay there was no trash can banging for the pitches they got it done and they got it done on the road so let's put it in perspective if you want to say they never should have been there in the first place that's debatable too because if even without trash cans, you're talking about a team that still was a, a 90, 100 win team. So please, no, let's not overstate how much the che- no, because we don't know. Maybe I'm understating, but I think certainly most people are overstating the impact of the trash cans. But nonetheless, I don't. You, if you want to start taking titles, we'll all be naked. A- amphetamines, uh, cork bats, steroids. So again, you want me to feel better because. Uh, well, everybody on the team wasn't doing steroids. Maybe just hitters one through three were. Or maybe a pitcher was. We, you know, we never got to the bottom of a lot of pitchers who were on performance-enhancing drugs. So if you want to start, if you want to rewrite history and, and vacate, well, or strip the Astros of the title, or vacate that title for 2017, that's not a precedence. That, because think about this. If you're baseball and you strip the Astros, 100 years from now, when you look that up, you'll be like, oh, wow, this was bad. As opposed to it happened, we dealt with it in the time, it was a slight hiccup in the history of the game, let's move forward, Let's they, they cleaned up the game during this era. But if you had that asterisk, we still talk about the Black Sox scandal. 
Which, by the way, they went to court and they were found not guilty. So let's not forget about that 100 years ago. Again, I don't want to get in the stripping title. So, but I want to thank everybody for their phone calls. Even if you don't agree with me, we can take it. And, and I really, I encourage you, if you do disagree with me, give us a call, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Going to take a time, I get a word from our sponsors, our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, and our conversation with Daniel Ewing and the Lamont Award. It's Briefcast 58, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, anywhere you get your podcast, and on KTSURadio.com. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Yeah, the Sports Talk Devin Wade podcast. Want to thank our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, and want to remind you guys if you have music that you would like uh, to be played on our podcast, you certainly can submit it and uh, just hit us up at music at wagewordproductions.com. As long as it's radio edit, the genre is not important. We will play a snippet at the halfway point and uh, the entire track at the end or an extended portion of a mix at the end of the show. So that's music at wagewordproductions.com. Com, giving us permission to play your music and of course uh, just as long as it's radio edit i don't care you can play reggae you can play the steel drums is anybody out there play the steel drums i would love to have some steel drums whatever the genre we want to have you guys involved music at wagewordproductions.com with that let's get into what's brand new brand new brand new brand new Brand news when I talk about me and myself and what I got going on. Won't indulge too long because I know you guys want to get to Daniel Ewing. I want to talk a little bit about voting. It's important that you vote. Super Tuesday here in Texas. And I know that we have folks around the world, but around the country, when your primary comes up, have your voice heard. Whether it's in the Democratic or Republican primary, either or, doesn't matter to me. We want your voice heard and we want you to get out and vote here in Texas. Super Tuesday, there actually is early voting going on now in the state of Texas. And with that in mind, I am endorsing a candidate. A candidate, the only candidate that's been on this podcast. 
Amanda Edwards for U.S. Senate. She is running for in the Democratic primary. She's running against uh, a number of other folks. I I saw some of the debate this week with 11 other folks that are running for U.S. Senate or the Democratic to be the Democratic nominee for the United States Senate that will run up against John Cornyn in November. And uh, I believe in Amanda, former city council person here. And I believe that she is a person that practice what she preaches. And I, I believe that she will represent us well. After all, we can get a, how cool would that be to have a U.S. Senator on the podcast? Now that in itself, is not enough for me to endorse her. It's about her policies and her work for all of us. So with that, I want to remind you guys, get out and vote in your primaries and wherever you are in the country. So we want as many people to be heard as possible. We want everybody's voice included. That's the only way real democracy works. It doesn't work if you don't vote at all, if you don't get involved at all. You let other people decide your fate. It's up to you guys. But you should get in and be heard. And, and educate yourselves on the candidates. I mean, anybody can go in and push buttons. Study up a little bit. Give yourself a, a weekend to read, research. And, and all of these candidates have websites. Certainly Amanda does. Amanda for Texas. F-O-R. Amanda for Texas. Com. She'll give you all the information on her policies. But no matter who you vote for, we want you to vote. Now, with that, want to get into our guy. This He's going to be our resident basketball guy thing. I mean, this guy is, is knowledgeable. He knows the game in and out. He's played forever and ever and ever. And we uh, trust and respect his opinion. And uh, here's our conversation with Daniel Ewing. Former L.A. Clipper, former Duke Blue Devil, Willow Ridge Eagle, and uh, just all around a world-renowned basketball player joining us to talk some NBA. First and foremost, how are you this afternoon? I'm good, Devin, man. Like always, man, I appreciate you having me on. Well, it's always uh, good to get some expert opinions from guys who've actually been between the lines, especially on the uh, NBA hard court. Let's talk about NBA All-Star Weekend. A lot of changes uh, as it pertains to the game itself, but what were your thoughts on NBA Weekend? Because, you know, for a lot of folks, uh, it's, it's hard to ramp up and get excited about it because I think the premier event is the slam dunk contest, and then you, but you don't have those high-profile names always in that event. But generally, it was a great weekend by all accounts. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was an amazing weekend, man. Like you said, considering that there wasn't a lot of high-profile names specifically in the major event, which is slam dunk contest, I thought the skills challenge was pretty good. Uh, it's good to see the big guys get out there and able to compete and also win. They've won the last couple of times. I think the bigger guys have won the skill challenge. Three-point shootout was was really good also. I mean, guys really shot the ball well. Buddy Hill ended up winning, but Devin Booker, he had something to prove. I mean, that was really good. And then the dunk contest was one of the best of all time. And it was a little controversy, but uh, both guys put on a heck of a performance. And me going into it, I had a lot of reservations about it considering, like you said, that it wasn't a lot of high-profile guys, except, you know, Aaron Gordon, who's been in it before and probably could have won it before. But it, they didn't. the, the All-Star Weekend didn't disappoint at all. Yeah, and, and I'll get to the game itself, but to the slam dunk contest, you know, Aaron Gordon was phenomenal and a part of the thing with Levine a few years ago, and I thought that that was dunk for dunk, one of the two or three best ever. Now, there have been so many of them, and I think you go back to Dominique versus Jordan in Chicago, and then I guess it was the year after. I think they did it two years in a row where they went after one another, but uh, those were phenomenal. But I thought that Levine-Gordon matchup from a couple of years ago was 
wasn't fantastic, but this was fantastic as well. I think the it's time for the NBA to take this a little bit more serious when it comes to judging because it's not fair. I thought Aaron Gordon won. What was your take? I mean, I think a lot of people knew Eric, know Eric Gordon won. I mean, he he certainly he got robbed this time. Uh, the Zach, Le, you know, a couple of years ago, the one with Zach Levine, he can have, he, you know, he can make a case for that. But I think Zach Levine was 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 outright the winner that some of the contest just, you know, just they both were spectacular. But but he was just a little bit more spectacular than than Aaron Gordon was a couple of years ago. But this past some of the contest, Aaron Gordon won that easy. I mean, not easily, but it was it was clear cut that Aaron Gordon won it. It's no way a guy. How does a guy have his first five dunks is a perfect score and he he doesn't win a slam dunk contest like that right. that that doesn't even add up you know so it shouldn't even came down to the whole last dunk but like in past years is from what I understand it's been like a cumulative score right so if he got five fifties the other guy wasn't even close I mean he he's done you know it was a lot of controversy like I said both guys put on an amazing performance but yeah uh, Aaron Gordon definitely got robbed and there definitely has to be something changed there has to be some type of change in 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 a judging format and who who's allowed to judge also i think that plays a part in it too like who's allowed to judge yeah i think that they'll have to do some more groundwork to sort of say hey these are the guidelines this is what we're looking for uh, like you're doing like figure skating or any other event where you have actual judging so that may be something down the line for look to look for what event or what would you how would you tweak the weekend what would you do if you were the commissioner of the nba how would you change all-star weekend to make it more exciting or maybe even get more high profile names involved well i mean besides the all-star game which i think they found the new little format i think that's going to be very good and uh going forward i think they're keeping i think that's what fans want to see going forward the new all-star game format i think that was great like i said the All-Star, this past All-Star game, the entire weekend was amazing, in my opinion. They did a great job with the tribute to Kobe, Jennifer Hudson, you know, her her amazing performance she had. And then Common did a, a phenomenal job, man, with his player introductions. We've never seen anything like that before. So that was real dope. I Like I said, I think that, I mean, they're constantly trying to figure out ways to make it better and to make it interesting for the fans and to keep people involved and have the, the you know, the high profile guys participate as much as they can or would like to in some of the other events. Do you like the celebrity captains, uh, Giannis versus LeBron, as it pertains to choosing teams, or do you like the East-West format? Uh, you know, sort of formation. Some people threw out the idea of U.S. versus the world players. Uh, what, what do you see in the way uh, of that? I, I mean, I like it. I don't mind it. I don't mind the like the two players with the highest All-Star votes become the be the captains. It's just a matter of it's going to get old if those two guys keep being the captains. You understand? <laughs> so, you know, so if next year if Giannis and LeBron, are, you know, so that's going to kind of get old. So you I mean, I don't mind it as long as some other guys get a chance to be the captain. So you can kind of see, you know, how they pick teams or who they want to pick the East. That wouldn't be I mean, that'd be, that could be something the whole U.S. versus the world thing could be something. Uh, for the actual all-star game but we get that in the rising stars challenge right so so maybe i mean but like i said it's enough it's enough really good elite international players now in our league that 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 could be a very exciting game Uh, one of the things that i I think when you talk a little bit about that situation and the game itself what was so exciting about it is you saw guys actually trying to win and that's been such a long time since it's been that way what were your thoughts on just the level of competition when the intensity of the competition between these guys especially in the fourth quarter well that's what made it so amazing that was the dopest part about it is the guys they was really competing really trying to win really you know they was i mean they was playing hard 
not really worried of, you know, guys, you know, also again, guys kind of playing with to not get hurt and, you know, not do, but they, they in that fourth quarter, when the fourth quarter came around, these guys was really getting after it, uh, really trying to win. And the whole, you know, the charity thing was a, was a, you know, was a part of, but also just the format, the format was really got to give credit to the NBA. And I think Chris Paul, they said Chris Paul had, had something to do with the change of form. We got to give credit to everybody that was involved in, in trying this new format that got the best out of both out of the whole situation. Well, I want to talk about uh, the second half of the season, although we've been past the halfway point. We're headed down the stretch of this NBA season. What are your general thoughts uh, heading into? Let, let me just uh, put on your prediction cap here. Uh, how do you see the East turning out, and how do you see uh, the West turning out? I mean, this is your chance before the action really kind of gets underway in earnest for the second half. It's going to be interesting, man. Really, honestly, it's going to be interesting on both sides. I think more so on the east side, considering you no, know, right now the Bucks have basically are going to run away. It seems like with the with the number one spot in the East and overall uh, NBA. But that second, third, and fourth spot, those teams, Toronto, Miami, uh, the Sixers, the Pacers, those teams are bought. Excuse me, Boston. So uh, Toronto, maybe Boston and Miami, those teams are going to be jockeying for that second spot throughout the entire, you know, the rest of the season. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, the matchups are going to be interesting. I actually don't think that the Bucks are going to have a clear-cut path to the finals, even though they're the best team right now. They've played the best throughout the season so far. They have the best record. They have the reigning MVP. I think, actually, they're going to have a tough time even getting to the East Conference Finals, just depending on the matchups that they might see. What about Toronto? Toronto, without Kawhi, has had a phenomenal year. They've been on a, a, a tour stretch, and then right, I think they lost right before the All Star break. Kind of ran out of gas there, but they have been on a had a long winning streak. They're playing great. Can this team get back to the NBA final without a Kawhi Leonard? They can. That's what I'm like. They realistically they could. Like I said, considering how they've been playing, they was on a 15 game winning streak right before the All Star break. They like you said, they lost that last game, but they had been on a 15 game winning streak. Siakam has basically become a bona fide all-star. Kyle Lowry's played again like an all-star. He's, you know, he's become uh, even more of a vital point and leader for that team. They have the pieces, right? Right. Uh, you have a, a veteran and all-star caliber player in Gasol. You have a veteran and very good player in, in uh, Serge Ibaka. You know, they have good good young players who, who will continue to get better. So, like I said, this team won a championship last year, so they know what it takes. They've been there. They're missing a vital piece in Kawhi, but, it, you know, it hasn't slowed them down thus far. So I could very well see this team making it, making a push again to make it back to the to the finals. What about in the uh, the Western Conference? A lot of jockeying for position. We've seen uh, Morris uh, join the team for the, the Clippers. I mean, and it looks like Reggie Jackson will be joining the team as well. I mean, it's just an arms race all the way around. What do you think about the Western Conference? I really think it's going to come down. Honestly, it's just it's going to come down to the L, to the two LA teams. Everybody else will make it interesting. I think Denver will make it interesting, considering they're a year older. They was in the Western Conference Finals last year. You know, you're expecting them. They've gotten better throughout the season. Jokic has gotten in shape, and he's proven, you know, to be the dominant player that everybody thought he was. You know, they'll make it interesting. Also, uh, Houston might make it interesting, just depending on the matchup. But I really think it comes down to, to the two L.A. teams and just uh, who's healthy at the time. If the Clippers are healthy, I at the beginning of the season, I was getting giving them the slight edge over the Lakers. But uh, it, it's a toss-up, man. Just which teams is playing the best at that time. 
and who's the healthiest uh, out of the two LA teams is pretty much gonna gonna be the teams that I think represent the West in the finals. Yeah, I know Paul George can't get quite healthy. They, they just don't seem like they're, they're quite healthy enough uh, consistently. And then you, I would imagine that as they head down the stretch, they'll prepare and get themselves in gear and try to be as healthy as they can. want to ask you, Bob, we hadn't had a chance to talk to you about since the, the Rockets have gone small ball, getting rid of Clint Capella. What do you think of this concept? I, I think, I, you know, in a way, it's, it's a gimmicky kind of thing where you, if you realize you can't win the other way, maybe you just scrap it and try something on the fly and you know analytically they love shooting the threes anyway what is your take on uh small ball for the rockets i think it's just that what you said i think it's i mean and their part they're thinking that okay well we can't we really can't win big with you know playing traditionally with the one big or the rim protector you know screener slash rebounder type guy in capella so why not try this right and right now it's looking pretty good. They're winning games, but it's the regular season. I don't see the Rockets. Actually, I don't really see the Rockets possibly might not even make it out the first round. And that's not a knock to James Harden or Russell. I know those guys are great MVP type player, MVP caliber players. But just in the playoffs, everything slows down. Yet whatever matchup you have with the opposite team, I mean, they know everything that's going on. So a lot of that stuff is going to come down when the playoffs start is to how good can the others for the Rockets be? You know, because you're going to focus more in on, on James. And you're going to focus more in on, on Westbrook. So how good can can P.J. Tucker, you know, how good can he shoot from the corner? How good can Macklemore, you know what I'm saying? He hasn't had any playoff experience. So how good, you know, how good, we, they're going to, guys going to force these type of guys to beat you. And so how good can your others be when the playoffs come down to it? And then the game slows down on both sides. So teams are going to really, the teams who have bids are going to really try to abuse the Rockets down low draw fouls, get, get guys in foul trouble. I don't, yeah, I don't see it working in the playoffs. But like I said, they're going to win games in a, in a regular season, and it's going to look good, and it's going to kind of hush people up who are against it right now. But in the playoffs, yeah, I don't think I don't see that line. I don't see the small ball working at all. couple quick things before we let you get out of here. You, uh, The Rockets added a guy like uh, Carroll uh, from San Antonio, Jeff Green, to a 10-day contract. Do you think those guys will have any kind of impact at all? I mean, it, it just feeds into what they're already doing. And those guys are supposedly like Damari uh, Cow has had a great career being a good defender over the years. He's become a better, you know, better offensive player as far as being able to knock down open threes. So it just feeds into the what they already, the type of roster that they already have. Do I think they'll have a big impact? I don't think so. It just gives them more depth and versatility with, the guy, you know what I'm saying, being able to not wear out a guy like P.J. Tucker or, you know, or have a, other options than a guy like Cephalosius. You understand? So. It just helps with their options of having other guys available, but I don't really think they, these two guys make a major impact for, for the Rockets actually winning big. I want to ask you about that, though. When you talk about a guy like Reggie Jackson and uh, DeMar Carroll and those guys, they get they get these buyouts and then they sort of jump on board. Hey, is that good for veteran players from a just from a career standpoint? And, and is it good for basketball to have guys – just like mid-season, just oh, we'll buy you out, get on out of here, and and then you can go join uh, a contender. Is that is that good for the game, and is it good for the player himself? Well, it's good for the player first and foremost, especially a veteran guy who's who feels like you know he's not being used or used enough, or you know, or his his former situation wasn't going anywhere, or isn't going anywhere. So, in the case of Reggie Jackson, 
I mean, he's in heaven now. Like you got bought it. He was in Detroit, a terrible city, right? Right. It's cold. You well, I won't say terrible city because we we have listeners all over the country, so I won't not Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> Detroit is a terrible city to live in, as far as like just the you know just the weather <laughs> and you know the stuff that's like no nobody the players are not trying to live in cold places, right? And on top of that, your team is terrible. For him, he hit the lottery. All right, y'all don't want me here. Y'all willing to buy me out? Cool. I'm with it. I go try to. Go try to play for a contender. At a veteran, when you're a veteran, that's what you. It's about winning. I like that from a player standpoint. Uh, I don't necessarily like the fit of Reggie Jackson going to the Clippers because I don't think he. I don't think he fits what they're trying to do. They have Patrick Beverly. They have Lou Williams. They have Landry Shamit. So where does he fit? And he's another small guard. Like where does he fit in that in that mix for them? But I guess they'll figure that out. Uh, but as far as like. Is it good for the NBA or good for basketball? I mean, it's part of the it's part of the business. It's part of what goes on. It's not it's not that it's bad. It's just it's part of what goes on. And so, as a veteran, when you're in an unhappy situation and you have a chance to possibly leave or get bought out, so you can go to a better situation, I mean, that's a that's a no brainer. Now, I want to ask you uh, two uh, two last things. I want to ask you about Golden State. They add an Andrew Wiggins, and they're, they're setting themselves up for next year. It looks like they're going to have the number one pick probably and probably maybe uh, two possible lottery picks with the trade of uh, D'Angelo Russell. What do you – I mean, next year it seems like next year is going to be really, really exciting. I hate to jump the gun, and I really don't want to, but I do want to touch on this. You have a guy like Durant coming back next year. You'll have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson coming back next year. It seems like this is a prime time for some of these guys to get a championship because next year it's going to ramp up even more what are your thoughts on golden state oh you're right i mean this season right here is 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 open for everybody there's no clear-cut favorite for any team to win the championship like it's been in the past few years the past a lebron's been the eight pass finals the last five or six the last four or five has been between the spurs i mean between the uh the warriors so I mean, yeah, this this is the, the one year that is uncertain which team or, you know, uh, from either either conference is going to make it to the finals. And that's what makes it exciting and interesting for, for the fans. But next year, I, I liked – I really – that was one of the trades that I really liked and I thought was a good trade was the trade between Minnesota and Golden State before the trade deadline. I like Minnesota getting Russell. Yeah, I like I like them getting Russell, pairing him with his good friend, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and I like the swap that – uh, that the Golden State got uh, Andrew Wiggins, a guy who has all this talent, but possibly needed this change of scenario to be a part of something bigger than he's ever been a part of to help mold him and help. You know, it kind of t- he, he's in a situation now where he doesn't have to be the one, two. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the third option. option. He's the third he's a, option. Yeah. So, there's, in so there's, there's no pressure on him now. All he has to do, I go ahead and get better every night and play, you know what I'm saying, and, and play play well without having all the attention being on him. So I like this pickup for them. It's going to be interesting to see how it develops, especially next year when you play and, and, and Curry are 100% healthy and start the season. Uh, but, yeah, next year is going to be even interesting. Like you said, guys like KD will be back. Just found out that Kyrie's out for the rest of the season, so he'll take the rest of his time off to get healthy. So him and KD will pair up next year. The guys like – uh, Demarcus Cousins will be back healthy. Will he be with the Lakers still? Like that, you know, that'll be a whole different dynamic for them if he's if he comes back and he signs with the Lakers. It's just a lot of st- it's a lot to it's a lot to process. But the NBA is in a good place. No, it's in a great place, no doubt about it. Want to uh, finally ask you about your Duke Blue Devils? Man, took it on ten last night. Rough 
Rough night in Ooh, the ACC. Uh, what's going on with Duke and with North Carolina? I know that that's your that arch enemy there, but it, when, it's unusual to see Carolina uh, struggle this much. Uh, what's your take on Tobacco Road and, and what's going on with both your Duke Blue Devils and the Carolina, the uh, North Carolina Tar Heels? I'm gonna talk about Carolina first because it ain't a lot to say besides <laughs> they're, they're 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 terrible this year. But that's I mean that's already understood. Uh, you know, they dealt with some injuries and had some guys out for a long period of time in and out of, in, out, you know, out of the lineup with their injuries. But even even so, had they had a healthy team, they wouldn't be as bad, but they wouldn't be a top tier team still because they just didn't have the recruiting class that they that they might have wanted. And they just didn't have the players coming back that they needed to be an elite team uh, at the college level. Cole Anthony is really good. He's going to be a lottery pick. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, you know, you have probably one or two players that they could re- really rely on every night that could show up for them. That's not going to work at, at that level in, in the ACC. Uh, so, I mean, you know, every I mean, every team goes through it. Uh, Michigan State just kind of getting off. But Michigan State started out preseason ranked number one, right? They were supposed to be a possible Final Four team, and they haven't performed well this year. You know, it's so – But, you know, Izzo uh, has a way of rounding these guys into shape come, in, come March. And by the time March and the tournament goes, you know, gets involved, and you look up and they're at Michigan State again. They're right there again. I mean, so they seem right. to get better. year. I mean, every year they get better as the season progresses, and I think that's an a indication of how good Tom Izzo is as a basketball coach. Yeah, of course. And taking nothing away from Coach Izzo, and, and like I said, he has a he has a history of doing making those kind of type of turnarounds with his team. But they don't have that type of team this year. And like I said, they've had a, they had a big injury with the guy Langford. He's been out all season, so that hasn't helped them either. But I think the guys that they thought would take a step this year and thought would be helpful and um, productive hasn't it hasn't been consistent enough for the for them to be a, an elite team as as well. But Duke, man, I mean Duke is a young team. Uh, granted, like you said, we took one on the channel. It was. It was a it was a tough loss. It wasn't a bad loss because going into NC State is a tough place to play, uh, and and that team is you know they get, you know they, they they have the talent and the capable of beating just about anybody, especially on their home court. Uh, but it was it was one it was a bad game despite Bernie Carey having a a big night. I mean no one else really was able to perform well. But it was like I said, it's a young team that was their first time in that type of environment. Like that's a tough place to play. And these guys not really having that experience. The NC State jumped on them fast and and they wasn't. They wasn't able to recover really throughout the entire night. Do you watch more college or NBA basketball? I know you basketball through and through, but uh, when you sort of, if you have a choice, which which way do you lean? If I have a choice, I prefer to watch the NBA just because, I mean, it's on every night. Not that college isn't, but it's, it's, it's NBA games on just about every night. And it's it seemed to be more, it's more, you know, you, you have players like the LeBrons and the and the James Hardens and, you know, all these guys who are really exciting to watch and you're really looking forward to, for them to do something, especially in big-time games. The college game is really is exciting when two teams that's supposed to be good are playing. You know, you're not, you know, you know like uh, I wasn't really anticipating watching a Duke-NC State game just for the simple fact that I'm a Duke guy and it, it was on. But it wasn't a game that I was like, oh, I got to see Duke play NC State. No, you know what I'm saying? Right. So now, I, I prefer to watch the NBA game. And I know that you're doing a lot in, with media. I know you're doing a lot of stuff on Instagram. How can uh, folks catch you on Instagram, on social media? How can they reach out to you or, or get your takes on uh, on basketball? Catch me on Instagram at Mr. Daniel Ewing. That's M-R, Daniel Ewing. Man, like I say, I try to put out a, a video or two 
every week just you know just on my thoughts my takes about what i like what i don't like you know what's interesting to me right now i, I just have instagram i don't have twitter or facebook you gotta get on that twitter that twitter is life man i'm telling nah, you <laughs> man, I, i'm good I'm, I'm cool on the twitter man I, I i can care less about other people's opinions man i ain't trying to i ain't trying to go back and forth with too many people <laughs> you don't want to get involved with the trolls huh nah, well hey we'll, try, yeah. we'll hit you up in a couple weeks man let's see what happens in the nba where we can actually get some games under our belt and see uh, what the trends are and what's happening in and around the NBA. As always, we respect uh, your opinion, and we look forward to having you hang out with us inside the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Uh, Devin, man, appreciate it like always, man. Thanks. Hey, man, thank you. want to thank our guy, Daniel Ewing, and I look forward to, uh, in the future, really getting into his NBA days and more about the profession of being a basketball player. So we look forward to having him more, especially to break down some NBA stuff for us. So with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the team, player, entity, sports personality that we deem to be the Lamont recipient of the podcast. And Lamont was a big dummy. This time out, hey man, it just fell right into my lap. I'm talking about none other than now former Cleveland Brown, Greg Robinson, the yard left tackle. He was caught and arrested for having allegedly, until it's adjudicated in court, it's allegedly, allegedly possessing 157 pounds of marijuana in an SUV in Texas. So <laughs> what are you doing? Okay, what are you doing? I look at this and I think about this. It's, it's sad because the guy was the number two overall pick in the NFL draft as a left tackle. Has, his career has not gone as planned, but he still was on the roster for the Cleveland Browns. He still had a few years left. He's 27 years old. And he, he had more years left on his career. That's probably not going to happen now. He probably will be playing for the green machine, longest yard. But that's not funny. I don't want to see the kid go to jail, but you got to be smart about these things. First of all, weed is legal in a lot of places. Why don't you take your NFL money and open up a dispensary somewhere? Look at Mike Tyson. There's so, look at Snoop. Look at so many guys that are investing in weed. And you have investment capital. And I get it. You want to you make that tax-free. And maybe you want to help out some folks. And maybe, you, maybe however it happened, you probably fell into it deeper and deeper and deeper. Whatever the case, you shouldn't be doing it. I look at this like you a bootlegger after the elimination of prohibition. I have a speakeasy. Well, you know what? Now you can buy liquor anywhere. You can get weed anywhere. And if you don't have 157 pounds of it, you may get away with it. They may let you just ride on with it. 157 pounds, bro, you gone. And, and the irony is, and, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, with the, the changing attitude towards that, maybe in a few years, uh, he will get some time knocked off of his sentence. Then that's if he's guilty. Now, again, this has to go through court. Uh, it, a lot of people were comparing him to Nate Newton, who got caught up in the same kind of thing. But back then, weed was not legal. So he was doing crime, and he knew he was doing crime. And that was, the I mean, no excuse. No excuse for Nate Newton either. Certainly not for Nate. But, but that's just how it was back in the day. But, dude, weed is legal all over the country in different spots. And it's certainly not legal in Texas. And 157 pounds is not legal anywhere. You have all this money. 
I'm not saying do it, but if you're going to do it, there are ways to do it legally. And if you don't want to do it legally, you want to do it illegally, there's ways to do it like that too. I certainly would not be the NFL guy that's 6'7", 333 pounds, riding down to the border or somewhere near the border to bring some weed back. You don't have no partners ready to catch this case. If, if something go down, go back to Michael Vick. You have to have a team. You have to have a guy on your team. And I don't mean on your football team. I mean on your other team. If it go down, I'll catch the case. And maybe he does. Maybe the guy that was with him who was a teammate of his at Auburn will take the case for him. Maybe he'll say, well, hey, man, Greg didn't know about this. This was my weed. This way, Greg can serve a suspension and maybe get a couple more years out of his career. Somebody has to take an L for you. And they're guys who are unemployable, who will take a case if they know they have a stack, a couple stacks waiting for them when they get out. Now, I'm not trying to coach anybody up on how to do crime. I'm telling you, if you're going to do it, you got to be smarter than this, Greg Robinson. And because you weren't smarter than this, unfortunately, you may be going to jail for a long time, but you can take this Lamont Award with you because you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> Greg, 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 you gotta do better But unfortunate situation Let's hope it works out for the best And maybe he's learned his lesson And can be rehabilitated without having to go away for a long, long time With that, before I let go Before I let go Before I let go I want to wrap up this episode of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast I want to thank our guy Daniel Ewing I want to thank all the folks who took time out to make a phone call and get involved in the conversation. We certainly appreciate that. We appreciate the love. Go to wadeswordproductions.com. Go to Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And again, 24 hours a day, 832-941-6614. Give me your thoughts. We have a lot to talk about in the near future. Next time out, we will talk boxing. By the way, I am going to pick a draw in this fight, just like the rematch of 40th Street Black and Bootney Farnsworth. So this is going to be the kind of fight where they both knock each other out at the same time. But if I'm leaning, I'll lean towards Deontay Wilder to knock out Tyson Fury. But wouldn't it be great? Just like, you will win. And if you haven't seen this, let's do it again. If you've never seen that movie, you have to see it. Bootney Farnsworth and 40th Street Black knocked each other out in a rematch. It was a draw knockout. So maybe that'll happen. If so, yeah, we'll be coming to you sooner rather than later. But again, thanks so much. And as always, have a great day.
like about you is that you're always so cool and comfortable whenever I'm around. You're someone that I can talk to no matter what I'm going through. I call on you because I know you'll always be down. See what we have is so incredible that we'll never find in anyone else. This thing that we share is so I'm 